manic, pertaining to or affected by excessive excitement or enthusiasm phrase. This is Manic Mindset. It's time for another Manic episode with Haley and Lynn. Join us each week as we dive down the rabbit hole of navigating life while being hyper-focused on success. Our Manic moments are where some of our best ideas come from. We not only embrace the chaos, we thrive in it. And today on Manic Mindset, we're going to talk about you cannot save everyone. Oof. I love this. Put your oxygen mask on first. Absolutely. I, like, I love how they say that. I feel like they definitely tell people that on an airplane because mm-hmm. they don't want you to save your child first. Save yourself, then save your kid, okay? Still not going to do it. <laughs> Still not going to do it. Not when it comes to my babies. Right, right. But in real life, let's like really get into it. Let's dive into it. Mm-hmm. You can't really save everyone. Like I went through this whole saving everyone phase of my life. It was like good like six years. Mm-hmm. It really probably... It almost ruined my marriage. That's that people pusher shit. Mm-hmm. It really almost ruined my marriage because I was putting people first to people please them before I was putting my marriage and my husband and my children first. And to be honest with you, the people that I was putting first were my parents. Mm-hmm. And I was putting them first because I needed, I felt like I needed their validation because I felt like when I was a kid, I didn't get their validation, but really it wasn't me who was a problem. It was mm-hmm. them. They were the problem, not me. And I feel like so many people fall in that hole of it's my family, right? So they get these extra allowances. Mm-hmm. They get to do these things. They get to behave this way. And there's no consequences because they're my blood. That's a hell no for me. Yeah. That's a hard, hard pass. I mean, when we grew up, I mean, that day and age, that era was always very much like blood's thicker than water. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe in that shit at all. No. I do when it's like my kids. Yeah. Sometimes it's more like oil and water. Okay. No. no. Yeah. No. And I'm, they are always hyper capable of hurting you the worst way because they know exactly the buttons to push, exactly the things to do to just really like the lowest of low blows. Have you ever felt like, I mean, I know my family is very much like this, like they make excuses for people's bad behaviors and mm-hmm. you're supposed to just swallow it. Yeah. Because that's just who they are. Oh, well, that's just how she is. What? No. If you're Mm -hmm. an asshole, I say you're an asshole. I don't care if you're my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're my dad. Like, I don't care. If you're doing asshole shit, I tell you about it. I I can be an asshole sometimes. I realize that. Mm -hmm. I can be like that. And I know how to really (laughs) sit in it sometimes and be Mm -hmm. like, wow, that was... I know that I was being, like, nasty. Yeah. But... First step is admitting you have a problem. Yeah, right? (laughs) But I can be saved. Mm -hmm. There are certain people who are so set in their ways, they see no problem with what they're doing. They can't can't be saved. Or even if they could, do you really have the energy to change them? No, and not everyone is deserving of that. You don't... You don't get access to those parts of me, right? Like, these guttural things that... I need to embrace and to dive into to kind of pull you out of that hole, you better be damn well deserving because that's a dark place to be. Because to get somebody out of a hole, you've got to get in the hole with them. Oh, yeah. 
And that's a darkness, especially when it comes to family, is, oh, it's so thick. My last, my last grandparent that's left living. And she's somebody that has, and I, I, I don't say this in a way that like it wasn't real, like all the COVID stuff was, you know, it was what it was. But we're kind of at a point where now it's like the flu, right? Now everyone's kind of, it is what it is. It's here. We're, we've embraced it. We've kind of got this thing for it. We move on. She is somebody that is very elderly and has really like diehard style bought into this like, I have to live in a bubble now. Yeah. Like I can't come over. I can't do this. She doesn't, we haven't seen her in years. My sister's about to have her baby and like she messages and we talk and stuff, but it's like, hey, are we going to get together for Thanksgiving? And it's like, nah. Like you're so scared of this thing possibly like taking your life yet you're blinded by that and you're wasting the few years you probably have left. You're never going to meet some of these grandbabies. It's just wild to me. I'm literally 60-40. I'm very sad and I grieve for my children for not having that because Brooklyn's old enough to remember her and yearn for that relationship. But at the same time, I'm also kind of like, I relieve myself of the guilt of feeling bad about it. You're robbing your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren of knowing you. Oh, like we love our grandparents. We do. But they come from an era that you... There's no changing their mind. When it's made up, it's made up. And I, I don't... <clears throat> I mean, even if you could change their mind, like, do you really have the energy to do that? No. Do, I mean, really, what are we trying to do mm-hmm. here? We're not beating a drum that's going to change the world at mm-hmm. this at, at this point, right? All you can do is try to make the next generation better. Mm-hmm. So maybe not implement the same things they did that they did, you know? Mm-hmm. I... I don't even know if I should say it out loud or not. I come from a family that is very hateful and stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. And we just don't do that. We don't ever talk about that kind of stuff. It's not a part of your life. It's not a part of our life. We don't talk to our kids about stuff like that. We're very open-minded. We're very loving. My family was very much like, you don't say I love you. You don't cry. You don't do those things, you know? But I'm not just saying like, you can't save everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Family's hard because you want to save them because you feel like you have to. You feel... You fight a little bit harder for those. You fight a little bit harder, but I think you fight harder because of what's been instilled. Mm-hmm. Not because you actually want to, because of the, but because of the guilt that sits inside of you that tells you that you have to do those things for family because your genes, your chemical makeup mm-hmm. matches. Yeah. Like, when you really think about it like that, Mm -hmm. like, I'm a descendant of your gene, and because of that, I automatically have to have this loyalty to you, even though I agree with nothing that you say. It's like a weird chemical that's, like, just happening beyond you. Like, I love my aunt to death, but she's always like, well, that's your cousin. I'm like, "Mm, Don't care. Don't care. Like, what? What does that mean? It's an excuse for bad behavior. What does that mean? What does that's your cousin? That's your aunt. That's your uncle. That's your grandmother. It means I've given them 18 more chances than a normal person's going to get. Because mm-hmm. you're because you guys share the same mm-hmm. the same gene, same blood, whatever it is, yeah. right? Like that's kind of weird when you say that out loud. Mm-hmm. That that's the reasoning that you are the way that you are, right? Not because yeah. of a significant connection to somebody. <clears throat> that's very bizarre to me. But one of the things that I wanted to address when we were talking about, like, you can't save everyone, you know, there's going to be times where you're in a leadership role where you feel like you want something more for somebody than they want for themselves. Oh, that sucks. I hate that. It's 
uh, it's a big weight to bear. I feel like that goes beyond like a business leadership thing. Like you could say that about like relationships, right? If you care about somebody more, if you care about being monogamous, if you care about putting in the effort, still dating, if, you know, friendships, if you care about making time, checking in, remembering certain things, like that, that applies to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that when you want, when some when you want something for somebody so badly and you realize that they want it but they don't want it as bad as you or in their mind they want it but they're not willing to put in the same work that you've put in um you tend to get a little bit of animosity towards them Mm -hmm. you grow this chip on your shoulder that you before you know it you don't even know how it got there or where Mm -hmm. it came from yeah you're your fuse is really short towards them. Mm -hmm. Your behavior towards them is really like brushing it off, sweeping them underneath the rug because you don't, you no longer have the tolerance to deal with them. Yeah. And what has happened leading up into this is you have drained yourself of the energy that you had for them. You no longer have the energy for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So what's key for me now is to, really recognize when that's happening and cut the cord early mm-hmm. save everybody the abort. time and energy abort the older i get the lower my tolerance for bullshit gets mm-hmm. like i just i don't have the patience for it i don't have the patience i'm you know you can burn me once you can burn me twice and then we're you're probably never going to hear from me again mm-hmm. it's not going to be a thing Mm-mm. and the older i get it's it's a little harder of a hit to take like you know talking about my grandmother it's it's it makes me sad it is not the way i'd ever want it to play out and i don't hate her for it it just is what it is all you have to do though is you have to make sure that your children understand recognize and are able to take those emotions Mm -hmm. and filter them and use them in a way where they're you know not building that or creating habits later Mm -hmm. in life that they don't know how to deal with Like for my family, like their bad behaviors, even for friends or coworkers or anything like that. Like you, we mentioned this in a couple, a couple episodes ago is you attract those things that are around you. So you start to pick up on behaviors. Mm -hmm. And I have thought about this in depth. Like I, I have a lot of moments of like deep thought and Mm -hmm. I, I love that about myself. I think that not enough people sit in their thoughts mm-hmm. or analyze things as much. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, you're overthinker, right? You think too much. I do, but I also think a lot of about internal things. And I like that because it gives me the opportunity to really break down and rationalize, th- rationalize things. Sometimes I'll jump the gun, but I do that knowing that I'm going to do it. I usually call myself out like yeah. today. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Usually you tell me not to or to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have somebody that's like, Mm-mm, don't do it. Yeah. Sleep on it. <laughs> Sleep on it. But today you were like, I think you should do that. Yeah. And I did. And I picked up the phone. I had that conversation. But sometimes it's necessary, even if it, even if it rocks the boat. Well, you don't want to stew with those thoughts. I'm really, I always try to tell people when I call them and it may seem like, you know, I'm coming off in a way that is like blindsiding them or a little aggressive or maybe just like, wow, she really came at me, right? My whole, I always try to explain to them where it's coming from and why. Hey, 
this is why I'm feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if I didn't have this conversation with you, it was going to stew into something that make probably isn't there. I'm making it all up. <laughs> I'm making everything up. Yeah. And now I have this animosity. I can tell sometimes like today you called and you're like, hey, I'm probably about to annoy you. You've already thought about it and come up with this whole play-by-play conclusion of how you think the conversation's going to go. Yeah. Because you were like, oh, this might irritate someone. Yeah. Yeah. But you surprised me. And you're like, do it. So I did. But. Yeah. Sometimes I talk off the ledge and sometimes I'm like, push her off. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I'm saving like, saving people can drain your energy. And so one of the things that Chip always told me, I know we've talked about him on other episodes. He's my broker. While I was building the team, he said, while you're building this team, make sure that when you're helping other people grow, you're not losing your personal business in in the time of doing that. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're not putting all your eggs into their basket and then not having any in yours. Mm -hmm. So I try to balance that really well and try to make people more accountable for what they need to bring to their business because again I have to remember that I don't I can't want their business more than they want it. Mm-hmm. I can't want you to sell more than you want to sell. And I also have to remember that people are sometimes going to put thoughts into my mind to make me second guess my decisions. Oh, absolutely. And those are also people that I don't want to save. Or you anticipate what it's going to be like, what their reaction is, if it's going to cause damage, if it's going to stream friendship, if it's with your kids, am I risking making like a core memory that has an impact for the rest of their life? But do you know what I call what that is when people put self, when people manipulate you into doubting things that you're doing? Mm-hmm. That's gaslighting. Mm-hmm. I don't play gaslighting. Yeah. I notice it instantly. Like if someone comes to me and they have like a really good concern and I understand that concern, I usually can process it and go, they, they really truly want what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Or I can usually recognize if they're gaslighting me and I kind of be like, wait, wait a minute, stay in your lane, Mm -hmm. worry about what you're doing. Stop worrying about what I'm doing. You're trying to gaslight me and make me second guess myself when Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a hot second and what I'm doing is working and now you're trying to make me second guess that. You're gaslighting me and I don't appreciate it. And I feel like that's a really hard task for people in our position because we are literally trained expert negotiators. Yeah. So 99% of the time I can see what you're doing a mile away before you even bring it next to me. Mm-hmm. I can anticipate then how to kind of counter manipulate you, right? Right. So don't listen. Don't play that game with me. I'm better at it. Okay. Just don't. <laughs> well, I don't like to play it at all, mm-hmm. but I have recognized it when I'm being gas, when somebody is gaslighting me a hundred percent, I can recognize it. Not always, but most of the time I can. I'll Sometimes say like 99%. one or two sneak in there every couple of years and I'm like, damn. Yeah. did not say that one. Come on. Um, <laughs> but I really try to let people know when I don't approve of things that they're doing and I really just came to that mindset really quickly. Like they're going to think what they think. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel how they feel and I cannot save them, but there are people who can be saved. Oh, and there are some people 
that predetermined whatever the circumstance may be. If you go in the hall, I'm going in the hall. Mm -hmm. I will pull you out of the hall and we will claw our way out. So there's a girl on my team, our team. Her name is Angie. She literally came on this team and was like, I'm going to do all of these things. This, 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 this. I want you to help me do this, 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 this. I want to do all these things. And I was like, you know what? Great. So I'm going to feed into it. I feed into somebody so much and I kind of sit back and I wait and see if they're going to do it, right? What the what are those things that are going to do? She literally did every single thing. Mm-hmm. She did it. She put in the work. She put in the effort. If I say, Angie, we're going door knocking today, you bet your ass she'd be there. Mm-hmm. If I say, Angie, we're going to farm this area, she'd farm it. If I tell her I need her to, you know, host five open houses this weekend, She's going to do it because she believes that what I bring to the table for her and what I want her to do to be successful will work. Mm -hmm. She knows that I want what's best for her. She knows that I want her to be successful. She knows that I want her to be a top producer. When I have pushback in in any aspect of every time I give an idea and you have a reason as to why that idea doesn't work, that's somebody I feel like that can't be saved. Mm-hmm. Your mindset is not in, a, not in a place that you are willing to receive and accept any kind of input to help you grow. Mm-hmm. When every time you have something to say back to me of why that isn't going to work. Well, I'm not going to do that because I have a top producing agent in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because... I'm that door knocking and cold calling is icky. Okay. Well, the other things that are happening right now aren't working. Mm -hmm. So we have to do other things. I don't ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. You remember that time I was like, we're going door knocking. Yeah. Do I remember? We went, it was fun. Came off a flight. (laughs) It was fun though, right? It was fun. It was hot, but it's fun. Looking back, I mean, I'm still going to door knock. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to door knock. I actually have like, I have a plan to go do it now. I'm not like a regular door knocker. I Mm -hmm. usually, when I want a plan or I need a certain type of house, I will like Or certain areas are very strategic. I will like knock on the doors and be like, hey, my client really wants this plan. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I'm like, that was super dangerous. Mm -hmm. What if I would have got shot? Yeah. Oof. There's a couple houses so we'd, walk, you take. we'd walk closer to the front door and be like, it's an old turn around and walk right back <laughs> to the driveway. Just pretend to ring the doorbell. Dee, dee, yep, bye bye. Yeah. No, but I feel like it is, it's just something, a takeaway that you have to learn. And those people that are, it's another going back to those life skills, right? Like you, these adults that can't take direction, it started when they were younger. Those are the kids that were uncoachable. Mm-hmm. No one in their frontal lobe made it necessary for them to adapt so then they become adults that are untrainable Mm -hmm. unmanageable unwilling to yield in their steadfast bullshit most of the time Mm -hmm. and they're so hell-bent and so bought in to their excuses Mm -hmm. they're the people that pay like three hundred dollars for a gym membership and like week two oh my ankle hurts i shouldn't go (laughs) Oh my God, I just have a migraine. I can't go. Like you, you're not just telling somebody to make an excuse enough to go. You believe that you're so ill or hurt that you can't go. Is that true? Yeah. People believe that? 
Yeah, I think they they buy into their own bullshit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't extend, I cannot stand excuses. Mm -hmm. I once, when I did hair, it was prom. And which prom only comes once a year, right? You can't Mm -hmm. reschedule it. You got to show up. Yeah. Well, I had the freaking flu. Ugh. And I tried to cancel and I couldn't because I was the only one in town that was doing hair. She's like, I'm going to come. I'm just going to snot all over you real quick. No, I was vomiting. Like I had the stomach flu. Oh, so in between clients, I had a blanket, a pillow and like, and like I made myself a little pad in the back break room. Mm -hmm. And in between clients, I would puke, lay down and drink Gatorade. And then as soon as they would get there, they would come back, the receptionist would come back there and be like, your client's here. I'd go out there, I would do their hair, and then I would have to lay down in between. I did not cancel on them. Yeah. I don't, like literally, I didn't even, when we had that Charleston Real Producers thing and we were supposed to build houses, Mm -hmm. I didn't even cancel till like, what, three o'clock in the morning? I was in a hospital bed at that point. Yeah. So I don't, like, oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, I have this. I don't want to hear it. But it's those people that are like, you can tell when someone is just saying it just to say it, and they go home and they're like, ha got away with it. Like, <laughs> I do it feel today. like, though, like, got especially home, like, like in the business that we're in, I don't think that it happens as much in entrepreneurship, like, as far as like the ha-ha, right? No, because you're tricking yourself. Right. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting yourself. <laughs> I definitely think that happens in nine to five. Oh, absolutely. The total, like when I were, I worked as a food and beverage uh, manager or supervisor at a casino. And the call-ins that we would get. How many times has your grandma died? Oh my God. <laughs> the amount of excuses. Yeah. Well, friendly, you're just like, okay, sounds good. Like you're not even trying to talk them out of it. No, I'm not even trying yeah. to save you. You're like. It becomes an expectation hey, for them. You know that sounds that's happening. Good. You know, right? Mm-hmm. When they come in, then like two days later. And then they just get in, they literally get in the team huddle before they have to go on the floor and you're like, hey, can I talk to you in the office? And you like write them up and they're like totally shook. Yeah. And you're kind of like, if you miss one more day of work, like you're going to be fired now because you're like pointing out. Yeah. And they're just like, poor me. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this. I'm like, well, your grandmother died like eight times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you, you, your car's always mm-hmm. broke down or your son's always sick. If you don't think that people notice that, you're so ridiculous. Like... Especially, like, again, you said, like, not really in this kind of line of business, but, like, the 9 to 5. Like, there are people every day that you just anticipate right now. Like, it's kind of like a joke with other coworkers. Like, of course they are. Well, of then, they're out. <laughs> then it goes to another level when they post on social media. Oh, God. Oh, God. Really? You post I'm on just... social media for people to, like, screenshot it and be like, oh, I thought you were sick, but you're not. You're at a Luke Bryant I concert. Yeah, I'm an ass. I always like it. Always. I see. I seen it. I seen it. I want you to know I mm-hmm. saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you insist on being a manipulative little shit, at least do it well. I mean, so damn. my question to you is, if you cannot save everyone, and you choose to eliminate those people, do you give them entry into the door later in life if you feel like they are deserving of it, or do you like when you're one and done, or do you? That's a hard one. So. We actually, going back to my grandmother, my mom talked about, she was like, I think that, like, there's literally a lot of new babies in the family. And she's like, people, other people, like aunts and uncles are starting to put out there, like, hey, we should do Thanksgiving together would be amazing. I would probably go with the mindset of, like, this is my closure. Give my children this opportunity. And I think that Brooklyn's old enough to kind of talk to her and be like, hey, 
don't miss this moment of like, you may not ever see her again. Right. And the opportunity of like, I don't, I'm not as close to my dad's family as I would like to be. And I'll talk to my cousins like I should. Um, and vice versa, you know, the phone works both ways, but they, I do always have that little tinge of guilt for that. But I think that it's very, um, depending on the circumstance, right? So like second, second chances are real for you. They're, they're, uh, they're a possibility. Now, if you did some dumb shit, like you cheated on me, you manipulated me, you did something just vile, hail to the no. First off, good luck ever getting access to me again. Yeah. Blocked, unanswered, door locked. But I also think you keep your, I mean, you're just like I do. I Mm -hmm. keep my circle super, super duper duper small. Mm -hmm. I trust a handful of people. Um, I'm kind to everybody. Mm -hmm. I enjoy everybody's company, but few know my secrets Mm -hmm. i don't really even post about like my marriage and stuff or anything like that like i just don't get different tiers of access and what i share on social media for the masses because i have a public page because of the job that i'm in Mm -hmm. so there's not like a i mean there's a few that i (laughs) i don't even really vent to you and me and my husband are fighting no and i think that that's but that goes out of your respect for him like you yeah. don't talk to people like thing that you might say something to me that then morphs my opinion of Dylan, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, don't do that. Especially now, like, there are times where like may, maybe even both of us are like getting on my nerves, right? Like whatever. I'm yeah. getting on his nerves. He's getting yeah. on my nerves. It is. I mean, that's normal human behavior. Yeah. But like, there's never like, I don't, I mean, there's obviously that's like fight. rocking your marriage. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that is your, I don't, I don't speak about that with other mm-hmm. people. Once you start bringing other people into your fold and that is a recipe for danger. Well, that's your person. And and again, unless it's some kind of thing that you can't come back from, you're 99.9%, your marriage is fine. This is just a little hill for you to climb over, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take this thing that maybe you decipher as a little hill, but maybe it's like a hard wall for me, mm-hmm. and now my opinion of Dylan has changed, now my opinion of your marriage has changed, there's no going back. So you might be hunky-dory in a week. Just love my life. Blah, blah. Now I don't like him. <laughs> so you have this like Not thing like and it. they you know they always see that joke it's like oh i want to be your friend again but i already told my mom so i can't <laughs> can't do it because she hates you i mean that's come on is. that is like, so true it is like that is so true i already put out in the universe the juju's there one of Braden's friends did something and i did not like it mm-hmm. and i was like you're not allowed over here anymore yeah i don't like what you did and i told Braden, i was like he can't come over here anymore he's dead at all he's, he's done. dead to us so I crack up because I had to give that kid credit. Mm-hmm. He called me. Miss mm-hmm. Haley, I would like to apologize for my behavior. It was unacceptable and it will never happen again. And I'm learning from my mistakes. I was like, dang. Yeah. I can respect that because any other kid back in my day, they wouldn't. I mean, they would have just crawled under a little oh, friggin' I hole. I was that kid. I had a longtime boyfriend. I mean, this was like friggin' way, way before I met Eric. And. We were dating. He was awful. He's well as Vanderpump. He's Jax. Okay, he's awful. He's awful. <laughs> he's Jax in the in the Jackson Stassi era. Like he's awful, and he literally left me. We got in a fight, and he left me on the side of a road in like oh. a dress and heels. And I walked back to the house, and we get in a fight or whatever. And you know, I had friggin' Nextel. Remember those friggin' bricks of a phone? Wait, is that the like? Yep. Those little things. I had his phone. It was a chirper. Chirp chirp. We were in the bedroom and like I had made this whole stink about like I'm sleeping on the floor because I can't stand you right now and like he was in the bed we're in a little like a bedroom at mm-hmm. his mom's house and 
it's pitch dark in the bedroom and I'm texting my dad like, I, I want to go home. Come pick me up. So as I'm texting him, I, you couldn't pay me to remember what he said, but he said something that was just so evil that in the dark, I mean, couldn't see, I couldn't tell you where he was. I just heated the phone, like towards the general voice direction. <laughs> Bitch made contact, okay? He had a head wound. So was bleeding. And... Yeah. I'm, I'm a bitch, okay? When you, if, if we let the gene out of the bottle, you're not putting it back in. So he's like, oh my God, I think I'm bleeding. So I turn the light on. Sure enough, he's sitting in his bed, his head's bleeding. And he's like, well, help me. And I was like, help your damn self. You left me on the side of the road. Yeah, no. Next time, bob and weave, bitch. Bob and bob weave. weave. <laughs> and sure enough, like, my dad picks me up. We like, you know, break up, whatever. And the next day, he calls me and he was like, that was really not a great night, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I, we were hammered. He's like, I wake up the next morning and my mom, my poor mother comes to my room and there's like blood all over my pillow. And like, I'm fine, but she doesn't know because I didn't clean the sheets at 3 a.m. So he's like, I had to tell her like, it was dark, Lynn through the phone, <laughs> we made contact, it's whatever. And I'm sure he gave more of a version like, she hit me with the phone, whatever. So he like calls me that evening and I think it was New Year's, New Year's Day or something. We were supposed to get together and he's like, my mom doesn't want you here. And I was like, we've been dating for six years. What do you mean she doesn't want me there? Like, this is not going to be a thing where your mom doesn't like me because I accidentally hit with your phone in the dark. Like, what? And she was steadfast. I'm like, nope, she's acted like a psycho. It's not a thing, blah, blah, blah. I did ask, called her. And I was like, there's no excuse for ever doing that. And I said, but to be clear, it wasn't my intention. <laughs> like, I was trying to hit, like, the wall. Like, I was trying to break his phone. <laughs> right. Not his face. <laughs> and, and I'm just like. Let's be clear. Your yeah. little precious angel left me on the was side of the road. quite the gentleman when he Eve. left me yeah. on the side of the road in a dress yeah. and heels for me to be kidnapped and oh, raped yeah. and stuffed in a trunk. Yeah. Okay. But so that's, that's your young sweet shit. little sir is mm, not as sweet as you no. think he is. You are blinded, ma'am. Yeah, that's that young shit where you're like, well, he only left me on the side of the road, but he loves me. Leverage me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, so then we ended up staying together for like a, a year later or something, another year. And it was funny because she hated me after that. And it was funny because we were actually very close before that. Like went shopping. Like we, we actually really liked each other. That's my worst and fear. I mean, I love my, my it was probably girlfriend. the best thing that happened because, oh my God, the way that my life would be if I stayed with that man. But the, uh, <laughs> but the, um, oh, she gosh. would make it a joke for forever after that. I mean, literally like a year later when it was like the next holiday or something. And he was like, hey, like, I know we're still like, we just, we stopped hanging out at his house. We kind of just give his mom her space. She didn't like it. We give her her space, not put it in her face. And <laughs> we were like, hey. It's Thanksgiving. Like, can Lynn come to Thanksgiving? And I dead ass remember hearing her on the phone go, if she's done trying out to be on the Phillies, sure, I guess she can come to my house. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh. I mean, you, you're not wrong. I would be okay. embarrassed to go in there, I though. was very embarrassed. But I just thought I was, like, so in love with him. I thought he was, like, my forever. I was just like, I'll do anything. Like, Again, the so growth, it's man. It's so funny. The gro- Well, you talk about the growth, and you talk about, like, you can't save everyone, or you got to cut people out, and things like that. We talk about that, and... Uh, I love a good story, but one of the things that I always try to tell my kids is the people who treat you like crap, like in like high school, like it's so hard, like the age that they, that my kids are in right now, cause my kids are teenagers and especially my daughter, I was trying to tell them like those kids who make fun of you, who are rude to you. I was a kid who was not very 
I mean, I was super poor. Mm-hmm. I was not popular in elementary, you know, middle school. I, and middle school and junior high, like part of my high school, because obviously I t- I've told everybody I, you know, have a GED. Um, I became more popular in like high school and stuff, but like, especially in like elementary, there were a lot of kids that were really mean to me because I was super poor and I didn't have the things that they had. And I can remember a few of the boys being so mean and vile to me and they bullied me and the way that they treated me on the bus, like they were awful to me. Like things you still can vividly remember. I can vividly remember them Mm -hmm. and I know their names and I would love to name drop those motherfuckers. Core memory. Okay. It's a core memory. Mm -hmm. They were awful to me. They were mean. I hope one day they hear this podcast. Don't worry. They're probably bald. Their oh. wife probably cheats on do you him. know what I tell do you know what I tell my daughter I said people like that who treat people nasty mm-hmm. karma comes back and gets them those people that are nasty like that are bald fat and living in their parents basement they and, still definitely in their in their hometown and I feel bad saying that but I don't Mm-mm. because most of the time it's true uh-huh and yeah. I know and I hope that they look back on those moments and they realize that how they impacted someone's life and how little they made someone feel Mm -hmm. based off of things that they could not control. And I hope to God that their kids never have to go through that. One of the things that I always try to do with my kids was for them to, when somebody is being treated in a way that you feel like they shouldn't be, you should be standing up for them. Mm-hmm. Those people deserve to be saved. Oh, Those yeah. people deserve to have somebody who are willing to stand up and ride for them. I mean, just take it out to like who we are, like our career. Like if I feel somebody is coming for someone that I like that's in our industry that maybe isn't even on our team, I'm the first one to be like, let's go. That's usually where I get myself into trouble. It is too. People don't usually come for me. I'm usually caught up in shit defending I somebody. Crack I crack up because like, like there himself. is someone I'm thinking of. We're not going to say the name because <laughs> we already know like who who we will ride for. Mm-hmm. He knows who he is. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But he's the first one I'd be like, Mm-mm. he might not check your ass, but I will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> He might be too nice, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, of course, everybody's like, we love you. You're so great. And we're over here like, yeah, fucking beat your ass in the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah, really. Throw down. I just, it's very frustrating how some people live their lives like that. And I feel like you, you go back to your children. It's it's funny because I think I showed this video the other day. My oldest is in sixth grade and she's kind of got this little, she's at the point where like she has quote unquote boyfriends and it's hilarious because they're like, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And then they won't even look at each other. <laughs> they're terrified of each other, but they, you know, she has this boyfriend or whatever. They break up. She's writing something in the, in the book. Her friend's like, who do you like? And she's like, well, write down names and I'll tell you if you guess it. So she had written down whatever names they erased it and didn't erase very well. So they're, they're in class, they're doing this thing and this kid whose name she had written down sees it and he was like do you have a crush on me like nicely but in front of everybody well this other kid that she used to quote unquote date was like oh you must have cheated on me blah 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 and made this whole scene and the two boys like very nearly get into a fight and i'm just like what is happening in sixth grade so it was this whole thing at school the way home i'm talking about it and she was very much like i don't want to go to school tomorrow like just very shaken up 
So I'm talking to her about on the way home, and I said, you know, we've we've been kind of been dealing with this bully kid for a couple months now. And I said he goes like dormant for a little bit, and then he something Wait, like is that, that the he comes one back. That I said I hope he shits his pants. That one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Yep. I did say that. <laughs> you sure did. I didn't care. The um, I think it was the nicest comment anybody on our team I'm made when I shared sure this story. Pretty sure that you all wear khaki pants to yeah, school we do, we sure because do. it's like uniform. That's karma. <laughs> but so she's like, I'm telling her in the car because she's like, you know, worked up, doesn't want to go to school. And I said, he's a bully. Like, can't do anything about it. I said, listen, at this point, we've tried all the nice things, right? We've tried asking him to stop. We've tried putting our foot down. We've tried getting the adults involved. So I said, next time he says something to you. I want you to embarrass him a little bit. Little little light roasty roast in the middle of <laughs> class. And she's like, okay, but I'm not like, how do I do that? I'm not good at that. And I said, next time he says something and references like, you cheated on me, my girlfriend, our relationship, you just look at him with all the sass you can nest you can muster in that neck. And you say, Honey, if you're not over me, just say that. And I said, and watch him shut the hell up and watch everybody else. Oh my god, all this stuff. And I said, I guarantee you he leaves you the hell alone. <laughs> I'm telling her this in the car in front of my little two. My middle one's in third grade. She goes, Mom, my teacher said that you don't you don't engage the bully. Right? She's like preaching this like nice good lesson about like, you don't do that. You don't you don't give them what they want. And I'm getting ready to respond, like, you know, you're right, blah, blah. Here comes my kindergartner. Dead ass goes, What about payback? <laughs> we all start laughing hysterically. He goes, or, or revenge. <laughs> I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time. And oh, I said, that's I, I like made him say it again and I took a video and sent it to everybody I could think of, but I'm just like, oh my God. There, it just goes to show Eric's you like, right there. that's right back to that gene stuff we talked about in one of those other episodes. Like you just, oh, some of that stuff's embedded. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so I think like you said, you know, saving people, who to save, who not to save, really being able to I don't know, map that out and you have to do what feels right. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. But I know we have, we're running out of time, so I'm going to talk about it quickly. But a few episodes ago, Tori and I were on a podcast together and I know that we sounded great together. We seem really close and we went through a time in our life um, right before I moved here where we had a huge falling out. We've never in our entire life ever had a huge falling out. We're mm-hmm. like sisters. We grew up together. We were raised together. And we really were not on the same wavelength of what was happening. Her business was growing so rapidly fast that she was like in a full on head down. I'm in this sprint. I'm working through this right now. Mm -hmm. And she didn't even realize that the people who love her unconditionally without any of those things really felt like they lost a piece of her Mm -hmm. we were like mourning a loss and that was difficult to deal with and so to become close to her i joined her business which was not for me Mm -hmm. i probably would have been pretty good at it right but i don't know if i would have loved it yeah like she loves it right and so which is why she's so good at it which is why she's so Mm -hmm. great at it i love what i do Mm -hmm. which is why i'm good at what i do I don't want to say I'm so great. I have room for improvement, but Mm -hmm. I love what I do and I'm ready to master it. And so we had this huge falling out. She couldn't understand where I was coming from. I couldn't understand where she was coming from. And we went for like a year and a half without talking to each other. Mm. You know, she reached out with letters. I prayed on it a lot. 
I was not willing to open that door for her at all. Mm -hmm. And finally one day she was like, we need to figure this out. We're hurting the people around us that love us. Mm -hmm. And what do we need to do? And I was like, you know, I'm not really sure because you're not here to like fix it or work it out. And I know that that's not real realistic, but like it's not going to be fixed through like a text message or a phone call. Well, I don't sometimes think. it's a weird thing to figure out where to start too. Like, how right. do you make it right? How do you make it right? And she she had things to apologize for, and so did I. Mm-hmm. I didn't give her very much grace, mm-hmm. you know. And I totally recognize that, and I understand that. But she was like, "I'm going to fly there." She's like, I'm coming for three days. We're going to repair this. I'm going to come there for three days and shut my phone down. And I'm going to focus on our relationship because that's what mattered to her. Fast forward, I'm pretty much in the same stance of my life that she was then Mm -hmm. when I was upset Mm -hmm. and angry at her and feeling left left out, left behind. Not because I was jealous of her success, Mm -hmm. but because I felt like I had this person who was my person who I couldn't relate to what she was going through. That's kind of like a double life thing almost. Yeah, but she was worth saving to me. Mm -hmm. That's one of those people who she never really did anything wrong to me. I just couldn't understand the process that she was in her life. I have friends now that that are just having kids, and and I'm getting out of that stage Mm -hmm. where... They're not doing anything wrong or anything like that. We're just at different places in You're our in lives. Different chapters. We're completely. in way different chapters. And Torin and I, you know, we worked it out. We're actually getting ready to go to Europe together, which I'm really excited about. But she was worth saving to me, and I was worth saving to her. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is something that, again, I can open up my door to. Mm-hmm. But there are people that, if they're weighing down your heart, your soul, your mind, they're changing your daily habits that you feel like are good. They're mm-hmm. gaslighting you. They're making you question everything that you've built. Mm-hmm. You need to let it go. You and cannot no one save gets them. To dictate for you what that outcome should be, right? Right. Your your mom doesn't get to tell you you have to forgive her. It's your grandmother. Your family doesn't have to say you have to forgive him because he's your husband no one gets to decide that but you right you're the only one that gets to decide when the door gets to open when it gets to close and sometimes when it has to close forever right i agree and that's a wrap if you like what you heard make sure to like follow and subscribe and as always you can listen on apple spotify and more don't forget to check us out on youtube for video podcast we'll see you next week